friends in Christ. Our text for today is that final verse of our gospel. Those words that John writes, we have seen his glory. And those words, they're going to change our life. They're going to change our life forever. Because we have seen his glory. And that's to say that we have received our king on this Christmas day. For 51 years, Bob Edens was blind. And Bob couldn't see anything. His whole world was a black hole to him. And Bob graduated from Furman University. He got married, had a daughter, and even coached Little League Baseball. And through it all, Bob Edens was blind, blind as a bat. He felt his way through five decades of darkness. And then he could see. Bob could see. Well, there was a surgeon who had repaired a detached retina and also gave him a corneal transplant to make it happen. And Bob found it overwhelming. He says, I would have never dreamed that yellow is so yellow. I can see the shape of the moon. I like nothing better than seeing a jet plane flying across the sky with that trail following it, that vapor trail. And of course, sunrises and sunsets. I love best the colors of orange and red. Let's be honest. We all suffer from some kind of blindness, don't we? Just because we witness a a rainbow, we see it doesn't mean that we really see its beauty. We can plant a garden and yet fail to see the splendor of the flowers. We can attend church in person like we're here or online. We can sing Christmas carols and feel faithful and festive and still never see him. That would be Jesus. This Christmas, God invites us to see, to really see Jesus. John saw him. He writes in our text, we have seen his glory. John sees Jesus. All the blindness that is brought to us by sin, it's removed on this Christmas day. And we too can see Jesus in a new light, a bright light that brings salvation and grace and good news of great joy that shall be to all the people. Have you ever seen the movie Field of Dreams? You know, Kevin Costner plays Ray Kinsella, and he turns an Iowa cornfield into a baseball field because he hears those words, if you build it, they will come. Well, and that, what happens? Well, long dead baseball players from the major leagues, they actually come, including shoeless Joe Jackson of the Chicago White Sox. And Ray's problem, though, is that the baseball players are invisible to almost everyone else, and he's going to become bankrupt because... He's used so much farmland to build his field of dreams. And Ray's brother-in-law, Mark, you know, he's beside himself. Mark even yells at Ray. He says, Ray, you're going to lose your farm. You build a baseball field and you just sit here and stare at nothing. But suddenly, Mark does a, a 180. And he sees the players as he turns around. They're behind him. And then, what does Mark say? He says, Ray, don't sell the farm. Whatever you do, Ray, don't sell the farm. Mark had been blind, but now he can see. 
And that's what John wants for us, to see Jesus and to always receive him into our lives. You know that one of John's themes that he writes throughout the gospel is about seeing. You know, later in this chapter, in verse 29, he says these words of John, See the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then in verse 46, Philip says to Nathaniel as he invites him to see Jesus, he says, come and see. And it's a Samaritan woman in John 4, 29, who says, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. We know that on Palm Sunday, the people say, see your king comes to you. And on that same day, there are some Greeks that come to Philip, and they say, sir, we want to see Jesus. On Easter morning, John chapter 20, verse 18, we see the words of Mary. I have seen the Lord. But probably the best one goes back to John chapter 9. That's when a blind man says, I was blind, but now I see. And now on this day we see, we really see Jesus. We see that baby lying in a manger, swaddled in bands of cloth, laid in straw. He's really a sight for sore eyes. For we've been waiting a long time to see him. And he comes to us in a fashion that we may not have expected to be a divine being in human form. Jesus is like no other. All the splendor of God is in a human body. It's revealed in that way. Jesus descended from heaven to be with us. And today we are able to ready ourselves to receive him. Don't be distressed by looking within yourself. Don't be defeated by looking back at your past. And don't be defeated by looking at the world that's around you. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He alone gives us new life. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas day. And what is it when we see Jesus? Well, John said it. We have seen his glory. And just what is his glory? You know, when we hear the word glory, we most often think of beauty and power and majesty and might. We think of Jesus walking on the water or feeding the 5,000. Perhaps it's him raising Lazarus, healing the sick, cleansing the lepers, making crippled people whole again. Well, this is all part of it. But Christ's supreme and ultimate glory, you know what that is? It's his suffering and death. How so? Well, on Palm Sunday, with his face set toward the cross, Jesus says the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In the upper room, right after Judas Iscariot is leaving to betray him for those 30 pieces of silver, Jesus says, now is the Son of Man glorified. And just before his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus says in John 17, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son. Do you see it? In Christ's glory, in John's gospel, it's his bitter suffering and death. And though our sights are now on that cute and cuddly baby, that Jesus of Christmas, the reality is that 
There will be a whip that's going to beat his back. There's going to be a crown of thorns on his head. There's going to be clenched fists from soldiers that are going to deform his face. And there will be nails in his hands and feet on that cross. The events that are to come for that baby Jesus, they're almost too much for us to realize here. You know, Romans, they famously called it Morris Trapissima Crucis. You don't have to memorize that. But it means the utterly vile death of the cross. Well, there was a man in the second century A.D., Melito of Sardis, and he famously writes, He who hung the earth in its place hangs there. He who fixed the heavens is fixed there upon a tree. The master has been insulted. God has been murdered. But that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus was born. Because we know that we can't change our future of sin and death otherwise. You know, just being honest and moral, that doesn't help me see Jesus. Doesn't help you. Being religious and devout doesn't help us see Jesus. And trying harder and being more sincere, that doesn't help us see Jesus either. Each of us can say, it's only when I understand that the cradle points to the cross that I see Jesus. It's only when I understand that the cradle points to his death on the cross for me that I see Jesus. That's because God's greatest glory is to love us, to forgive us, and to come to us right where we are, right here, right now. After our long wait, he is here, Emmanuel. That's what we celebrate on this Christmas day. He's the Jesus who's there for those who are persecuted or distressed. He's there for the troubled and all who worry. He's the Jesus of the bitterly broken. He's the Jesus of those who are sickened by what's going on in their life. Do you see him? Do you see Jesus? He's truly a sight to behold. Look at him at that manger. Look at him there. There's a child who wrote to Santa one time. He said, Dear Santa, you didn't bring me anything good last year. You didn't bring me anything good the year before that. This is your last chance. Signed, Alfred. Another child wrote, Dear Santa, three little boys live at our house. There's Jeffrey, he's two. There's David, he's four. And there's Norman, he's seven. Jeffrey is never good. David is sometimes good. Norman is always good. Santa, this is Norman. I'm not Norman, and you're not Norman. None of us is Norman. We've messed up in our lives. There's that ugliness of sin that's in our hearts, and we know about failure, right? And sometimes it could be deep and lasting failure. And that's why it's so crucial that we see Jesus. See Emmanuel. Receive him as your king. He's that king of glory. Uh, you remember Walt Disney, right? You know, he was the one of the most visionary people in American history, making groundbreaking movies, taking cartoon animations to new levels. 
And of course, you know, creating Disneyland over in California and then Disney World just outside of Orlando. And when Disney World first opened, Mrs. Walt Disney, Lillian, she was asked to speak at the grand opening because Walt had already died. And she was introduced by a man who said, Mrs. Disney, I just wish Walt were here to see this, that he could have seen this. I wish he could have seen it. And her speech, well, she had just heard a man say, I wish Walt could have seen this. And Lillian Disney stood up and she said, he did. Those two words could have been her whole speech. The whole sentence that she said was, he did see it. And that's why it's here. Walt Disney saw it. He saw it all. How about us? Do we see it all? Do we see Jesus? He's there for you in the manger. And if you can't find the power to face your problems, it's time to see Jesus. If you're overwhelmed with shame and sadness, it's time to look at Jesus, receive that king, because he is your king. He is Emmanuel. And as you live in that joy and peace of Christ, now's the time to reach out to others, to those who need a savior from sin, a friend who loves at all times, a redeemer who restores and renews. It's time to open your eyes and to proclaim like the apostle John to them, We have seen his glory. Jesus and his glory have come. And they are here to stay. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you are, for who you are, for all the things that we we have in our lives, Lord. We can only give you thanks. And most of all, it's that faith in Christ. Because of your love, you you sent him to be born. And as we confessed in that creed, the most important things that followed that. And because of him, we live too. And so may we live our lives to his glory, to know that whatever we do and say can be reflective of Jesus, who is that light of the world. Be with us, Father. And bless us as we walk hand in hand with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.